Welcome to Paddling Adventures Radio. I'm Sean Rowley, and with me is Derek Special. Hello. So, I'm back, Derek. Yes, you're back. Live yes. and well. Yeah. Made it, no problems. Uh, how was things while I was gone? It was, it was amazing. <laughs> so relaxing. I didn't have to come here and record. <laughs> A little birdie told me you had the man flu. Yes, yes, I did. <laughs> I made, I posted about it, and uh, I got no sympathy. But I was talking to a couple of the, the women at work, and they were saying, actually, there's a study that, uh, there's a study done by, and it was a team of men and women, but they studied, uh, they did a several hundred people were involved in the study, and they're saying that they, they empirically proved that men feel colds or sicknesses worse than women. It's uh, They actually were able to, Study was done by a group of men. <laughs> well, no, that's why that's why I first clarified that it was by men and women that were involved in the study, like the, that ran the study. But yeah, so <laughs> it's true. Men uh, colds are worse than women colds. I saw that. I think we had just gotten to Moosonee and I saw your post about having a man cold. We were in the... <laughs> we had ice storms. We had... Uh, frozen, but way below temperature, uh, zero temperatures yeah. and everything. And I'm thinking, you're cold, buddy? Really? <laughs> <laughs> Here I am sitting in a rainstorm below freezing <laughs> then next to my tent. Yeah. And you're cold? Yeah. <laughs> uh, that was, Do you know uh, what I found uh, kind of a, it was weird because I, you get used to seeing certain things. But when you were off on this trip and like a lot of the, the group that, we hang around with that, you know, Mike and this person, that person. Everybody always has spot or the inreach or whatever. Yep. And you stopped yours. You don't use I it anymore. I was the first one to get one it, and everybody all of a sudden, oh, we got to get one. Yeah. I stopped mine this year. It was it's just weird. too expensive. So it I was just... weird not being able to track you on the trip. Mm-hmm. I didn't want anybody to know where <laughs> I was. What did your wife think not being able to track Oh, you? she hated not being able to track. Yeah. Because it's it's... You live vicariously through you. Yeah, yeah, everybody does, especially a trip way up yeah. to, to Jane's Bay. Right? Yeah, uh, yeah. It was it was kind of weird not having it, turning it on, turning it off, mm-hmm. and all that yeah. sort of stuff. Because you get into the habit, and now yeah. it's like, let's get that. But in. I didn't miss it. No, no, no. Plus, if anything happened, all I got to do is sit in my canoe, and it'll shoot me straight. <laughs> <laughs> float eventually down. Somebody will be going, "Hey, look at that! There's a canoe floating with <laughs> a foot hanging out. Maybe I go check that out." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was it was definitely uh, a different type of trip. Um, the the current, you're definitely not going upstream. <laughs> you're you're always going downstream, whether you want to or not. It's just a heavy flow, eh? It, yeah, it's it's very very heavy. There was a couple things that surprised us about the the route. Um, the one thing, it's funny. Everybody said, "Well, I don't know why you're going at this time of year." So well, because I always do my solo trips this yeah. time of year. Yeah. Well, the weather is so unpredictable up there. You know, one day it's going to be cold, the next day it's going to be raining, which we were ready for. Yeah, you are prepared for it. What we weren't ready for was the 90 kilometer an hour winds. <laughs> you know, that's just slightly <laughs> little less than a hurricane, a class yes. one hurricane. Yeah. That we weren't expecting. <laughs> <laughs> so, Oops. You know, eh, what are you going to do? <laughs> uh, it sort of put the kibosh on a couple of days of our, our trip. But uh, other than that, I mean, we weathered it. It's... You know what it is, what it is. You go up there expecting things as best you can, and 
you know, unless you're hauling a billion pounds worth of gear with you, you're never yeah. going to be prepared for everything. Yes. Yeah. You know, so we went up there and, you know, when you, you see that's coming through, you don't panic. You just set up the best you can and partially use mm-hmm. the, all your experience from over the years and uh, <clears throat> the rest of it, just cross your fingers and hope for the best. Yeah. So you had, from the few pictures that I saw that you posted, it looked like you had quite a bit of gear. So you, I, I, I assume you didn't have to do any real portage or anything. There was no portaging. So that was, that's perfect. Zip, so you can zero, carry as much as you want. Nada. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and that's why, you know, I, I took my canoe pole and everything. It's just like, yeah, because we didn't. Now, a lot of the stuff, I mean, it looked like we had a lot of gear, but a lot of it was just warm gear and rain okay, gear. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, because we wanted to stay warm and you want to stay dry. Yeah. Uh, that's what a lot of, and if, yeah, if you're not portaging, I'm going to take the extra jacket, even if I don't need it. Mm-hmm. At least, you know, my grandfather always said, you can't put on what you don't got. Yeah. yeah. So we got, <laughs> we just didn't need to put it on. <clears throat> so now that what, was fun. One was, of your concerns, I remember before you left was, uh, what the water was going to be like for filtering and for drinking water. You, no problems. So there's no salt. You didn't have any salt going up that far up the river. Salt uh, happens when the tide comes in up at mm-hmm. Lucinie. Yep. So you just make sure you got water before that. And okay. When the tide goes out, it's all... It's all fresh yeah. water. Yeah. Well, that's good. Um, it worked out. Yeah, because we weren't sure, right? Because <clears throat> there is nowhere that we could find on the internet that actually said, you know, this is the line where you'll start... Getting salt. Getting salt. Salt water. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I was, we're paddling, and then every so while, you know, dip your hand in and take a little <clears throat> sip and... See if it's salty or not. And yeah. Never was. Never was, really. No. Yeah. Huh. Uh, we sort of ran into, uh, we have the platypus filters, right? Mm-hmm. The two bag system. And there was a couple times where it had gotten below freezing. Oh. And the water had a hard time getting through. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you just blow through and stuff like that. Yeah. And that it worked itself through. Mm-hmm. Uh, no problem. We didn't have any real issues with it uh but that yeah with the, when it came to water that was pretty much it hmm. nice ice cold water <laughs> let ice me tell cold you water. and i was i was taking the big things of tang that was a you'll hear about it when when I, we're talking with uh, scott? uh scott there uh i got tang yeah you just had 300 or 750 mils of water yeah so that's an algae right yeah filled at 750 add in the tang shake it up Oh yeah, <laughs> you know you're eating your uh, oat, your your oatmeal in the morning and your breakfast rounds with some peanut butter on it and some nice ice cold tang. tang. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. That that was the thing is everything was ice cold. Yeah, like the water when you're drinking it. Yeah, it's, so it was quite refreshing. So things dro- temperatures did drop at night. Did you have freezing oh, yeah. temperatures during the day or just at night? Uh. I think two days we had, it was below freezing a couple yeah. of days, especially during the windstorm, the day after the big windstorm, mm-hmm. uh, that was dropping right down. We had ice pellets and everything. I saw you post pictures of ice pellets. Yeah. Uh, the one, that everything else was overnight. So mm-hmm. when you're sleeping in your nice warm sleeping bag and everything's freezing, <laughs> you know, we, we were saying there we had uh, the tarp up and it rained. And so there's a bit of pooling. Yeah. And just left it there. And then the next morning we got up and everything had iced over. Oh, okay. So let me get this uh, water out of the tarp. <laughs> you just lift out this chunk of ice. <laughs> okay, I'm done. <laughs> wow. Ice yeah. for your drinks. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was, it was something. But yeah, 
I mean, like I say, we were we were dressed for it. We had the gloves, the hats, the jackets, the the windbreakers, the mm-hmm. you know the the base layer and all that to stay warm enough. And um, yeah, you know, like I say, there was there was no big problems with the weather except yeah. for when the big windstorm destroyed yeah. the tarp and and all that <laughs> sort of thing. So uh, it was pretty. It was it was a good trip. Yeah, we we had a blast. And as we we mentioned in the interview I do with Scott. Um, we had never tripped together. Okay. Before. Mm-hmm. His idea of planning for a trip and my idea of planning for a trip are two <laughs> different things. Okay. Uh, I've, uh, you'll hear that I've got the nickname Dossier. Oh. Because I've got the Dossier. Mm-hmm. He's, he's, his uh, thing of, of planning is where are we starting? Where are we finishing? Yeah. Whatever happens in between. Yeah. Whatever. Uh, there was a couple of things like it was a good thing we planned for, but, uh, uh, yeah, we'd never tripped together before and w- our styles of tripping really, um, melded oh, okay. together for, for, for lack of a better word. And yeah, we had an absolute blast. Excellent. No one, you know, if something was going to happen, no panicking. Yeah. You know, if we had to change our plans, okay, whatever, mm-hmm. you know, that's, that's, it is what it is. Well, that's good. And, and uh, we really enjoyed ourselves. So, so uh, yeah. So we he came over, and we're we're hoping you were going to be here, but he he couldn't make it tonight, so he came over earlier. And uh, we sat down and we basically did a verbal trip log of our nice our trip. A nice big interview. Uh, it's about an hour and a half long. <laughs> I look forward to hearing it so. on next Thursday. <laughs> <laughs> on Thursday, yeah, you can yeah. listen to Thursday. So, so if uh, yeah, so we might as well just. Uh, We'll play uh, the interview now. Okay. And, uh, um, yeah, I guess that's about it. And we'll bounce back at the end. And then we'll bounce back at the end. So here is my trip log with Scott Robinson of mancamping.ca. Uh, we went up the Moose River. Um, dropped down? Us, or, yeah, I went down. <laughs> I keep saying up because we're heading north, <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. So uh, that's the topsy-turvy world, my friend. <laughs> uh, we drove to Cochrane. We caught the Polar Bear Express to Moose River Crossing where the train dropped us and our canoes and gear off. And then we paddled from there up to Moose Knee and then caught the train back to Cochrane and came home. Cool. Uh, it was supposed to be 13 days, ended up being 10, something like that, mm-hmm. uh, just because of weather. So so here's the uh, interview I did with Scott, and uh, hope you guys enjoy it. Scott, man camping, welcome to the show. Thank you very much. So every year, as you know, I do a solo canoe trip for my birthday, same time, or early October, almost mid-October every year. And the rules are, if people come with me, Everybody has to go solo, meaning everybody has their own canoe. Everybody has their own tent. Uh, sometimes we will mash up on the meals, that sort of stuff, and, and gear. But uh, yeah, tents and, and canoes, everybody's got their own. So you found out for my 50th birthday big trip, I was doing something different. Instead of going to Algonquin or somewhere close, I decided I was going to hop a train, get dropped off in the middle of nowhere, and paddle. Till I found the train again. Yep. <laughs> and you said, that sounds fun. I just wanted to keep you alive. Well, just wanted to make sure that you survived there. it. There's always somebody there trying to keep me alive. No, you know what? It, it sounded like a really cool adventure. So, uh, especially doing it solo, uh, sort of, sort of solo, sort solo, of solo, not solo, half solo, so, solo, not solo. Yeah. Um, 
doing it in a in a, in a solo canoe, uh, but still having somebody there to, to do it with, and it sounded like it's going to be a lot of fun, and it was. It was. You know what? Like, I've always, like I say, I, I started doing the solo trips before I started meeting all these people in the canoe tripping and whatnot. Uh, I, I was just doing solo trips, and then I started meeting people, and then I kept doing my one solo trip every year, and then everybody, wow, you're going in October. That sounds great. The, the fall colors are out and all that sort of stuff. Can I come with you? I said, well, it's a solo trip, so... If you're coming, then you're going solo as well. Thinking they're going to say, well, forget that then. But no, everybody's... Uh, Every, everybody's all, all, all interested. Yeah, all of a sudden I'm cruising around with three other canoes. And <laughs> I was like, oh, I kind of backfired. But you know. but you know what? We always have a great time no matter where we go. You know, And with the solo, you know, everybody in their own canoe, everybody can go a different direction if they want. Or, you know, like two people be paddling together, chat, chit-chatting, and then they drift over and two others are chit-chatting. And it all, it all mixes up throughout the day, which is really cool. Uh, and going up, I mean, going up the Moose River was definitely going to be something a bit different. Yep. Um, not knowing what to expect fully. Now, I lived in Moosonee when I was a kid. Um, always wanted to go back. Sort of in the wrong Sorry, right place, wrong time. Yep. Uh, you know, I lived up in a place where you can paddle and see nature and all that sort of stuff long before I liked to paddle and see long nature. Long before it was fun you know? for you? <laughs> long before it was fun for me. So it's, I've always wanted to go back, so I figured this was the year. Um, and I figured, okay, well, take the drive to Cochrane, take the Polar Bear Express to Moose River Crossing, get off the train in the middle of nowhere, jump down to the river and paddle to Moose City, where I would then catch the train all the way back to Cochrane and drive home. Sounds pretty simple. Sound pretty easy. In the summer. So, because you don't know what's going to happen in the winter. I mean, we know. The one thing I think we both learned um, is what storm surges are, what uh, flexible weather is, and how you really have to be flexible. You and I both have different um, planning styles. Uh, just to, a little bit. When yeah. it comes to trips. <laughs> uh, there is my planning style, which is maps, menu, tide charts, weather charts. The dossier. The dossier. Then there's the man camping. What time do we catch the train? <laughs> I need a start point. I need an end point. That's all I need. <laughs> We're going from A to Where's A? Where's B? And when do I have to be at A? That's it. And that's it. So, uh, I think though, on this trip, the combo, it was, it was a perfect combo trip. It was. Because as, as much as you plan for stuff, there was a couple things we definitely needed to plan for, uh, like tide water. Yeah. Um, and, uh, like there, once we hit, I don't know, day five or whatever, and the weather started going, you guys had enough fun. Uh, then the man camping part kicked in and, and the, and the campsite availability and the campsite availability yeah. or lack thereof, unless you're in summer, there's a lot of good summer sites up there. Bushy but, Island. But, but I'm not sure though, like the, with the water level, we may not have gotten those same sites. Yeah, no, but I'm just thinking some of the, like Bushy Island and stuff like that. I think they, those would have been a little bit you know, better, a little bit there. better. Some of the gravel bars, I think, yeah, they would have been totally underwater. Um, I don't know if we would have had as much difficulty at, uh, quite a Bohegan Rapids, uh, on the side. Yeah. That's a dirty word now. 
<laughs> it is. Never want now, to hear that now name that again. Now that I can say it, it's a dirty word. Uh, so let's just basically <laughs> let's just basically go over the trip. We'll just do a verbal trip log of of our um, was supposed to be what thirteen days total ended up being nine or ten something like that. Yeah. So we'll just start this by saying. And you actually said beforehand, you're going to go up there and you know nothing's going to be like we think it's going to be. And that's exactly what happened. Uh, we had a blast. Yep. We had an absolute blast on this trip. There were some things that we didn't think would happen that happened. There were things that we thought this is how it was going to be and not even close. Uh, big, big deal was we knew weather flip. I was ready for the weather to flip and stuff like that. We weren't ex waiting for a, a northern hurricane to happen. That was not in the plans, <laughs> you know. So, day one, the plan was from the dossier. Day, day one worked out basically according to plan. Day one worked according to plan. Okay, I'm meeting you at this time, at this place. We'll throw your gear in my truck. We'll throw your canoe on my truck, and we'll drive north. We did a little stop in Aurelia at Walmart and had a quick bite to eat and drove overnight to Cochrane. We arrived with time to spare, grabbed a coffee, and no donuts because they didn't have to. It's, I'm surprised how many Tim Hortons don't have donuts in the middle of the night. Yeah, well, at 4 o'clock in the morning, yeah, not, I don't not care. Many. I don't care. They should have donuts 24 hours a day just in case I show up. So then we went to the train station in Cochrane and snoozed for a couple of hours in the truck. Um, and that was the end of day one. Yep. Day two was a continuation, really, of day one. Because day one was really... <laughs> day one was driving and some Walmart. That's yeah, that was in, Tim Hortons. Yeah, yeah. Day two, we woke up after our two-hour snooze. <laughs> went in, got our tickets, found out where we had to load the the canoes up onto the boxcar. Who was going to park your truck? Who was going to park my truck? So if you are going to Cochrane, if you're going to take the Polar Bear Express, they have a four-day um, uh, parking limit. Parking limit. Now I have a piece of paper. <laughs> it's part of the dossier. It's, not, it's part of the dossier. I just got to find it. I want to give this guy a shout out. There it is. Because I gave him a call and I mean they'll tell you right on the uh, the website there for when you're when you're booking stuff like the Polar Bear Express. It is HMS. Uh, they're a parking company. Um, so you give them a call and basically they'll tell you, yeah, we will take your vehicle for you and park it. Somewhere safe for however long you you're you're gone for. So the parking limit was what four days? Four days. Uh, so when you get into the the station in Cochrane, the Polar Bear Express, your is all all your gears there and ready to go. You park your truck, you take your keys into the station. There's this big brown box. You fill out a questionnaire, your visa number, your name, your address, your truck, all that stuff, and you connect this little questionnaire thingy to your truck key. And you drop it in this secured box. You, you can't get into it. It's locked 15 ways from Sunday. And then off you go. Dude then shows up, opens the box, grabs the key. Then he drives your car to where Somewhere it needs else. to be. Yeah. When you're coming home, you you text them or whatever saying, hey, we're in Moosnee. We're on the Polar Bear Express today. We're coming home. We'll be back on the train tonight. 
not a problem. He tells you how to get your key out of that big locked box. Now, when you get the text, you're like, this makes no sense at all. Because <laughs> there's locks upon locks upon locks upon boxes. Square peg round holes. Oh, geez. So trying to read it, where I'm just looking, okay, am I, am I like gone back to kindergarten here? Like, I don't understand this. So we'll figure out when we get back. But um, it's great. Yeah, he, he tells you how to get back into this big locked box. You get your key and you just go outside and your truck is back there. And you didn't get towed and have to pay $300 at 11 o'clock at night to get your vehicle out of Hawk. And you, and you, but you had to pay his astronomical price. Oh man. I, he also attaches a invoice. So I'm sitting there, I mean, being from Toronto, I'm thinking, okay, there's going to be 250 bucks or whatever for parking for nine days or whatever. Right. And I get the invoice and I open it up. So $15 to pick my truck up and drive it to the lot, the lot, $15 to drive it back and five dollars a day to store it five gouging bucks a day <laughs> 85 dollars later and i feel like i'm ripping this dude off <laughs> you, you, you can't pay for an hour worth of parking in toronto oh yeah like unbelievable so hms uh you, like i say you, you go on um what is it hms.rent at puc.net is his email guyan G-U-Y-L-A-I-N and Sylvie. Uh, those are the owners. But they, oh man, you know what? Like you're sitting there and you're thinking, eh, I don't know, man. And oh, pff, phenomenal. Beautiful. 85 bucks to park for the week? That was awesome. Guilen? Guilen? Guilen. Guilen? We'll go with Guilen. Yeah. All right. So, yeah, so we dropped it out. We, we got all the gear uh, over by, dropped all the gear off over by the boxcar. Went, parked my truck, went and filled that out, dropped it in, threw all our our canoes and all our gear into the boxcar, which is cool because you, you set the canoes upright and then you just put your gear in the canoe. So you know what's yours, where, where it's going that way. Nothing's left behind sort of deal. Then we went and sat on the train and three and a half hours later, a nice ride. Dropped in the middle of nowhere. We got dropped at Moose River Crossing. So we talked to a couple of people on board the train. Uh, this one gentleman told us, because, hey, where are you guys going? I said, well, you know, we're going to Moose River Crossing. We're going to paddle up to Moosonee. We're doing a nice, easy, we can do it in three days, but we're going to take like 10 days to do it. Nice, easy, relaxing, spend a couple of days exploring. No hurry. One day we're, we're going to maybe go down to, we're hoping to go to Portage Island, which is where the Missinabe and Matagami meet and form the moose. And he goes, you're not doing that solo, right? And we're going, what do you mean? He goes, yeah, the, the current that, is way too strong. That's not happening. Well, what were his words? You have engines on your canoe, right? <laughs> They're freighters, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's not happening. So we're like, okay, well, whatever, old guy. You know. <laughs> Thanks you know, for like, the advice. Thanks for the advice. We'll, we'll go check it out. And uh, uh, we got off the train at Moose River Crossing, and there was a lady there who said, oh, yeah, my husband and I just come up to moose hunting everybody we met was going moose hunting because it's tis the season and uh, she asked where where i was from and i said i'm from ajax said uh whereabouts <laughs> she's from ajax <laughs> so she grew up and it, it, i got an interesting conversation with her because moose river crossing you look at it and there's like two three houses and like two of the three are dilapidated and look yeah, like shacks. more cabins than anything yeah 
It used to be, she says, a two to three hundred people town. Oh, really? Yeah, there was like a lot of people there at one point. Oh, you failed. You, you omitted that on the trip. Yeah, I was like, I didn't know that. Uh, apparently, that wasn't in the dossier. Uh, so I had a chat with her, and then found out she's she lives around the corner from me. <laughs> I had to go all the way, drive to Co- to Cochrane, take a three and a half hour trip just to sit the side of tracks in the middle of nowhere and, and find out meet your neighbor, meet, meet, meet my neighbor. Yeah, how's that, eh? <laughs> we both got a, a bit of a laugh at that. So we decided, okay, well, we'll all our stuff's now at the side of the tracks. See you later, polar bear stress, as it uh, kept on going up. Uh, we threw our canoes and our gear on our backs and portaged it all down. They let us off at the bay um, because the, 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 is he a conductor? Guy on the train. We'll call him guy in charge. Guy in charge. He came up and said, okay, so here's the deal. We can let you off at the bridge or at Moose River Crossing, which is about half a kilometer back. But there's a trail that goes down to a bay which goes out into the river, or we can let you off right at the river. Well, we're pretty easy going because they're dropping everybody else off at the crossing. So, yeah, we'll just pff, go into the bay and paddle around. So we went down to the bay, uh, brought our gear down, then we went up and walked out onto the trestle because, you know, there was no trains coming. The bridge. The, the bridge. Oh, that's right. The bridge. Oh, a trestle, the- I do believe, is... I knew you were going to come up with something. <laughs> and, like, there's going to be something in the dossier for when I got here about trestle or bridge or whatever. You're, it's, it's a bridge. I don't care. Trestles are wood with all the crossing and all that sort of stuff. Because this is, just has the one big concrete thingies. It's a bridge. Boom. There you go, baby. Man camping for the win. Boom, baby. <laughs> Because <laughs> I, I love it. I had to say, what's the difference between the two? Like, I don't know what the difference between the two is. A so bridge the trestle or a trestle? has like the the big frame around it. Well, no, the underneath. So you know oh, the underneath. old style bridges, train bridges, oh, with okay. all the wood legs and the crossing, and apparently that's a trestle. See, yeah, just like to. Take a moment here and gloat in the fact that I was right. <laughs> but more importantly, I can't stress this enough, you were wrong. <laughs> okay. I'll take the loss for that. <laughs> but at least I got to come back and I got to learn something. That's very true. It was a very knowledgeable trip. <laughs> so, um, yes, yeah, so we went and checked out, out the bridge there and then went on down and uh, decided, okay, well, let's go. Off we go. Jumped into the canoes and dipped our paddles in the Moose River Bay. The bay. Down by the bay. Down by the bay. And then we paddled right out onto the Moose River all the way to Murray Island. This A whole, whole 45 <laughs> minutes. <laughs> Whew. Winded. I'm done. Okay. It was let's, rough. Let's go back and we'll wait for the train to come let's, back. <laughs> let's let's make a good hearty dinner now. There you go. Uh, yeah, I mean, the first day we'd looked at, we weren't going too far. I mean, we'd been up since the day before. We drove all night and all that. So it's quickly, this, and there's a, a spot right there to, to camp on the island. Nice sandy site and whatnot. Murray Island. Murray Island. And what did we do? Uh, it was overcast. Rain was coming. So it was a good good choice to, to stop there. Temperatures really drop once the sun goes down. And the cold wind keeps up. Yes. Uh, had a nice campfire. And yep. hit the pit. Yeah, basically set up the yep. tarp, made made something to eat, and yeah, and off we went. What I have, I had steak the first night. 
couple of steaks. Yeah. You had sh- Korean short, short ribs. ribs. That's right. Korean short ribs. Oh, yeah. So good. Day three. No, our no. First... Day, th- day two. No, no, you're no, day, day three. three. Yeah. Day, day three. one was our travel day. day I'm, think, I'm our... thinking day two on the river. Yeah. Day one on the river, day, day two. <laughs> day three. Whatever. It was day three. We'll ah, call day, it day yeah, three. Yeah. Where's the dossier? It's right there, buddy. It was a cold morning. We got a late start just because we had a really good sleep that night. It was comfortable, though. When it's cold outside and your sleeping bag's, like, really warm, you just don't want to get out. Oh, it was great. And you're just like, oh, this is so good. So a little bit of a later start to the day. Trying to figure out what we thought were tides once we did get up. Oh, look. Because we, we did the stick. We did the, 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 the stick in the sand. Yeah, stick in the, in the sand there. Okay, well, this is where it is now. Let's see. Oh, it's coming up higher. So we'll put it up here. Oh, it went down. So it's way out there. And then it's coming up higher. Well, we thought that was the tides because we were told there's tides on, on the Moose River. Okay. Believe you. But the dossier had the tide charts. And these tides were completely opposite. So the tide charts any sense. were wrong. We're 12 hours off. Where it was supposed to be high tide, it was actually low tide. Where it was supposed to be low tide, it was actually high tide. And so it also just, said it was supposed to be seven feet. And it was, yeah, seven feet difference. No, that's about a foot and a half. I was going to say seven, maybe, eight yeah. inches sometimes. Yeah. And, yeah. and then all of a sudden it would go way down and then way up. So we figured out using our smarticle particles a little later, we got to think that that's just the storm surge. Yeah. Because Otterdale, Otterdale Rapids? Or, or, Dam. Well, otter, rapids. Otter something. Rapids. Well, there's a big dam up there. So I guess when it rains farther upstream, they let it down and it comes up and then slowly moves out to James Bay. Therefore, the water level goes down. Cause and effect and all that sort of thing. It was grand. We got an education while we were out there. We got to do exploration stuff while we were out there. All scientific-like. See? That's it. Oh. Yeah. Thankfully, we didn't have to learn by mistake. Yeah. We actually figured it out before. Put your tent right there, buddy. Being swept away yeah. into the Moose River. Yeah, put your tent. Where, where, where'd it go? <laughs> well, you, you, you've got to explain to people. Our, our first campsite was, what, maybe maybe 10 feet? 10 feet across, yeah. 10 feet of beach before a small cliff where yep. the high water would be. Yep. But a four or five foot cliff. Uh, and then up on top, impassable brush. Right. That was pretty much it out of the entire way. Yeah. The entire way. So, yeah, we, we caught this little piece of, of beach. Um, I got sand in places. There shouldn't be sand, buddy. So we got on this little beach and we we said, okay. Well, there, and because there's lines in the beach, you're thinking, oh, well, this has got to be, no, this this line here, this has got to be where the water goes to. Because, look, there's a little lip. So water's got to go to there, right? And then, yeah, I guess regularly that's where the line, the water goes to. But then when they... Have a big rainstorm like the last day, Oy. and then we're going. Hey, dude, uh, you know your 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 tent is like almost in the water. <laughs> that that after that last day, that beach probably wouldn't be there at all. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, um, yeah, we we figured out that the they weren't really ties. It was just the storm surges. So we we figured that one out, and we decided at some point we're going to heed the warnings of our friend on the train. And instead of actually packing everything up and trying to head to Portage Island and to camp, we were just going to leave the camp where it was. The two of us were going to jump into one canoe. 
with our fishing gear and our camera gear, and we're going to paddle to Portage Island. Let's see how far so down we can day get. Trip. We'll make it a day trip. And uh, um, that current of the Moose River heading to James Bay is a good current. If you, if you actually look at the maps to see how far we actually made it, it's laughable. Yeah. It's... Yeah. it's That was actually longer than, than it shows on the maps, but it's laughable. Going the other way, going south, which would be upstream. Yeah, wrap your head around that one. Going south, it's, if you figure it'd be 15 minutes to get to the bridge. It was an hour. Yep. Because you're pat and you can't stop paddling. The minute you start paddling, the current take just takes you backwards. Um, and then we got to the bridge itself, and we said, "Hey, you know what? This looks fun. Let's see if we can paddle up these little class one or I don't yeah, even it's, class it's a, a half. It was a swift. A swift. Um, you know, yeah. Let's just go up this swift. We'll just paddle up this swift. And you're paddling and you're paddling and you're paddling. And you look over and you see. A marker on the shore. Okay, let's see how fast far we're going. And we're paddling, and you're paddling, and you're paddling, and you're paddling, and you look over, and you have not moved. Yeah, you, at you, all. you've gone about an inch. You've <laughs> we got an inch. Eight more days, and we'll be there to the bridge. So we just at that point just uh, probably could have right. reached out and touched the bridge and pulled ourselves along faster. Yeah, um, but that current is surprising. You, you, you don't think it's like that. And I, I don't know if there's a top current and a bottom current. The bottom current is grabbing the bottom of your hull and just shooting you across. I'm not sure what it seemed like. It was good. You know, it, it, it's, it's, it's moving faster through the swift, but you, yeah, it's very deceiving. Yeah. Yeah. So we decided, oh, well, forget that. Because <laughs> if this is what it's going to be like all the way there, we're not even getting close to Portage Island. No. We'll so, be picked up by the train at the end of the trip. Still uh, at Moose we still River. Be, we'll still be paddling still under that crossing. bridge. And we decided we'd cut our uh, losses and just head to shore and see if we can do some fishing. And what did we catch when we were fishing? Uh, what's the the PC or the friendly way to say that? Absolutely nothing. Nothing. <laughs> we nothing. Nothing. And we said, hey, you know what? Why don't we film... The Polar Bear Express coming across because this is when it should be coming across. And we're all ready to film. And then it dawns on me, why did we come in the day before? Because this is Saturday. The train doesn't run on Saturday. Not this not this time of year. Yeah. There was just too many tired things going on through my brain that day. I, I, I noticed you didn't have that marked on your dossier. What? The train? Just the, the things that that exactly that you wanted to film and, and your research oh. done and nah. there's no dossier. We just wing that. We man camp that. That's right. There you go, buddy. From now on, anybody referring to Sean has to call him Sean Dossier Roly. Because <laughs> I got a dossier. I mean, the, the dossier is phenomenal. So we did check out the gypsum caves. Yep. And I don't even know what that they called caves more than holes. Holes. Big holes. Mines. Mines, yeah. So they used to get gypsum out of there, which is used for like blackboard chalk and building materials. And I was surprised when you yeah. when you sent me what gypsum was used for because yeah. you look at it and it looks it looks like quartz, like a yeah. fine quartz sort of thing, but uh, but a little more clear. Yeah, pretty cool stuff. 
So they got these. They used to mine it there, and there's big holes in the in the caves, or big holes in the in the cliffs right there, and uh, big chunks everywhere and whatnot. So that was pretty cool to see that. Uh, what else? What did we do there? We we collected some, and now that I yep. know it's used for drywall, I'm gonna go home and throw it at the wall. See if see I what happens. see what happens. Yeah, all of a sudden, <laughs> spreads out. So, boom! There you go. It's nice and smooth now. Drywall, baby. And yeah, so. We did the fishing, and then we decided we would drift and fish all the way back to camp. Um, so, yeah, again, we caught a big bucket load of nothing. About five minutes worth of drifting yeah. in the back. <laughs> Straight back. Uh, so we uh, sat under the tarp because all of a sudden the rain came up and rained on and off all afternoon. We did another campfire dinner, and uh, I think I had chicken that night. Um, then off to bed, and it got cold. Yeah. It got really cold. It, it was snowing. Yeah. We got not not a ton, but it was snowing. No, but there was there were some snowflakes coming down. You're like, All right, big fluffy snowflakes. I don't I don't know if I was cheering, all right, snow, yay snow, but I was. Uh, yay I was. snow. Because we <laughs> had the early. rain. And we had the snow. <laughs> there was only portent of things to come. We we talked about this. I'd rather the snow than the rain, but Yeah. Yeah, because the the snow you can just brush off. Yeah. Right. So yeah, it was a cold night. Day four was a moving day. So we packed up our gear, had everything. The only thing I think both of us had left to do was tear our tents down. Everything was all packed up but our tents, and the rain started. A big downpour. We sat under that tarp until 3 p.m. Yep. Yeah, great. Uh, the rains let up at, after a while. and the we break in the clouds. Break, yep. And we decided, okay, now's our chance. Packed up our rest of our gear and headed to Big Asp Island. ASP. ASP, people. ASP. Big Asp Island. Big Asp. That's a Big Asp Island. Swifts, Rock Gardens. Little... That, that, I don't think that it was, was that bad. No. Right? No. For the for, it for was a, that Rock was a, Gardens. That was, and... yeah. that was a good paddle day. Yeah. Because we, all of a sudden you come across, oh, look, there's a little bit of rapids up there and do some rock dodging and yeah, the big rocks were far and enough yep. that you could, we had a good day. It was a fun three hour paddle. It was. And we found our campsite, set up our tents just before the skies opened again. Yep. On another beach site. On another beach site. Uh, we set up the tarp in the rain. Now I brought my canoe pole so I could do some canoe poling. Yes. I'm glad I did. Because that acted as the that was fantastic. One, yeah, that was, that was held up one corner of our tarp every day, so we could punch the one end into the dirt, into the sand, and then the other end was tied, tied to, the, to the, the other sides were tied to the cliff. But the top of the pole was tied to the tarp, and then a rope from the top straight down to my barrel. Yeah, so I just sort of weighed it down, which is which is cool. But hey, most of the time, most of the time, yeah, except for a couple of times when it got a bit windy uh it was a great paddle it was fun that day got we were wet and cold by the end of but because we didn't have the tarp set up when the rain started no so yeah we were wet clouds disappeared a little later I'm on pretty sure that by the time we got the tarp up it just stopped raining it had just it's stopped Murphy's yeah. law yeah and the clouds disappeared and that was the first night we saw all the stars yeah and the milky way going straight over top of us uh that was turned out to be a really nice looking night uh, three quarters moon. Yep. 
And then it went south. The temperatures below zero. So everything's soaking wet. It got a little cold. There was rain in our canoes because, you know, forget it. I'm not tipping all that back over and we'll just leave it as is. I'm staying under the tarp. Okay, I'm wet. I'm jumping into my tent, into my dry clothes. I am becoming a caterpillar. <laughs> I'm cocooning. <laughs> I'm cocooning. I'm becoming a caterpillar. Never to leave till the sun shines the next day. And that's what happened. And then the next day came. Day five. But, but hold on. I, I just want to back it up a little bit, though, because we, yep. we missed something that's important. Uh-oh. On the paddle from Murray to Big Asp. Big Asp? Big Asp. The swamped boat. Oh, yes. Yes, 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 yes. It's still super creepy to me, and, and I think we got to talk about that. We were looking. Um, now, everybody's... This, this is cool. When you're coming across the on the Polar Bear Express the first day, all of a sudden they stop, and there's nothing around. And happen to look out the one side, and there's a hunting camp sitting there. And a couple of people were getting on the train to go to Moosonee. In the middle of nowhere, there's one... And they just sat in the bottom at the at the tracks. And they flagged the, the train down. It stopped. They hopped on. And off we went. So when we were on the river, you got to think there's there's other hunting camps. Not they don't get there just by train. You got to come down by boat. And as we're coming up, we saw something that looked like a boat. And when we're coming up, it was a boat. But half of it was submerged. Yeah. The engine was still on it. The uh, the life jackets were on, or not life jackets, the uh, the, the seats. Yep. The, the flotation seats uh, were on shore. Dude's fishing pole was still in the boat with a F- tackle box. I was to say, ta- full fishing gear, tackle box, the gas tank still attached but floating. Mm-hmm. So there was a path up. And it went back into the woods and stuff like that. And, of course, we're calling, hello, 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 anybody, you know, seeing if there's anyone around. We looked around, didn't see anybody. Very leery about going any farther into the woods because of being hunting season and I wasn't wearing orange. So we sort of, yeah, that was... We did what we could. That was weird. Yeah. Um, It's one one thing to see the the boat there and and half sunk the the way that it was, but... To have all the fishing rods and the tackle box and everything still there. Still there. Like, that's not stuff that you would normally leave in the boat. No. No. That's stuff that you bring to your boat when you're going to go fishing, right? So it, it, it looks like it happened fairly recently and they just left everything. Just left there. it. Now, our theory was, one of our theories was that the plug was out or something and let the water in. and pfft, So they're way back hunting somewhere and they don't even know this happened. The other thing is that trail probably does go to the tracks as well. So if they can't get out via boat, then they probably just went to the Polar Bear Express track side. Flag them down. Flagged it down and, and headed back to town. Yeah. So really weird. Yeah. yeah. Super creepy. Yeah, it was a creepy mystery. Get Scooby in the family there. Uh, it's what It was day three. Yeah. No, day four. Day four. That was day four. Day four, and already, if the river's already sinking motorboats, we might be in trouble. We might be in big trouble. 
So, yeah, so we spent the rest of that day, uh, went to zero, below zero overnight. And we woke the next morning on day five to ice covering everything. Um, tarps, tents. Canoes. Canoes. All the water that we didn't dump out of the canoe the day before had turned into a nice chunk of ice in the bottom of the canoes. Our, and I got a couple of pictures, which I'll post. Um, the frost, our fishing gear, our seats, the gunnels, uh, the yokes, everything totally covered in thick frost. And it, I mean, it made for really cool pictures, but yeah, it was cold. Yeah. It was cold. That's one of those ones. That says, hey, like what do you the want for theme of the trip. Everything yeah, was cold. Everything was cold. So you decide you're going to, you know, maybe wash your face in minus whatever degrees and the water is ice cold as well. Now nah, I'm just going to stink for the rest yep, of the trip. I'm, huh? I'm, I'm good with smelling however I smell. I'm good stinking like I'm stinking. So that's that's pretty much what happened. And yeah, so the, the everything was covered in frost, but we knew with the with the with the uh, forecast it was supposed to be a nice sunny day. Yeah. Uh, and sure enough, sun came up, and we just spread everything everywhere. Everything dried out. And I, even the stuff we had from the day before that was soaked dried nicely. All the um, frost and snow and whatnot and the ice because there was I there was even on the tarp there was a couple of places where the big water chunks. had pooled and there was big chunks of ice. There was ice along the the shore. A little bit and that sort of thing. So nice warm day. It got warmer and warmer. And then we met Frank. Oh, Frank. Frank. Frank is our buddy. There's something wrong with Frank. <laughs> There's something so wrong with Frank that Frank was hanging out by himself and eventually made friends with us. So Frank is a greater yellow leg bird. Uh, picture a sandpiper type bird, long legs, That's body, what we thought it was. Big it was old, piper. Yeah. Big old beak. Um, like long pointy beak for, for getting minnows and bugs and bugs whatever. and whatever out, out. And he just, there was, he would sit there and he'd just be bobbing around, like standing there, like he's got this own little tune playing in his head. I'm <laughs> like, dude. Hey, he's Frank. dancing. We just can't hear the music. Yeah, you called him Frank. I don't know. I don't know why we called him Frank, but but Frank was, worked. Frank it worked. And then he would disappear, and then he'd come back, and he was like, "Hey, Frank." And at one point, I said, "Hey, Frank," and he sort of nods his head like, "Sup." <laughs> you, you saw that, right? <laughs> but it, it, it got better. Like. As he was flying away, you'd be like, goodbye, Frank. And all you'd hear is beep, 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 beep. Yep. And he'd be like, see ya. Yeah, Frank, man. Mr. Frank. Wish you were here, buddy. Shout out to Frank. Shout out to Frank. Hope he's listening. The, the Sorry, the greater yellow leg. He is a greater yellow leg. Way to go, Frank. Keep them legs. Uh, we tried some fishing during the day. Caught nothing. So we Zeroed were, again. So we were still uh, keeping that zero streak alive. All right. Woo. And walked the beach, found some pretty cool fossils and some crystals and stuff. You know, it was a relaxed day. This was a relaxed, dry everything out. We weren't going anywhere, doing some exploration, that sort of stuff day. It was a chill out and enjoy the sunshine day. Oh, yeah. First time we've seen sun, the actual sun on this trip. Yeah, day five. Uh, Then later that evening, um, the night before... I've been standing by the shore and something splashed right next to me and 
I pulled the old karate kid maneuver <laughs> really fast. He, Sean can jump into a tiger stance like you have no, like it's nobody's business. <laughs> Bruce Lee's looking at me going, wow, look at that guy. So again, the fish started jumping again. So we got the rods out and, uh, well, this would have been late in the afternoon. Yeah, it was still, late, yeah, because it was still pretty, early pretty late, yeah. Uh, you caught two pike. I That's caught right. one. So we were no longer skunked for the trip. That's right. And I would also like to point out, just to make sure that we emphasize that Scott, Scott caught, caught two, two. Sean, Sean got caught one. one. Okay. There you go. <laughs> Tracy had told me before you go on the trip, let Scott catch more fish than you. Oh, okay. So you're so, listening to your wife. I yes, get it. Yes. Yes. I'm going to have a word with Tracy on the way. Check, check the dossier right here, but he says, let Scott catch more fish than you. <laughs> um, so, yeah, we so we caught some fish and uh, did another little fire and some relaxed time and uh, saw some more stars. And um, that was that was it for that day. Yeah. Called it a day. You did, well, you did a little bit of exploring. Oh, uh, yeah, well, yeah, I took a paddle up that one little river. It's supposed to be an island. But when we came around to the one end, the bottom of Big Asp, um, there was no way in. You just like hearing the word Big Asp. The bottom of Big Asp. Big I'm sorry, Asp. I, I couldn't hold that one back. <laughs> so I'm checking out the bottom of Big Asp. Uh, there was no way. There, there was like a little trickle of water. But when we got around the top end where we were actually camping at that site, um, there was a little good, good paddle in. It wasn't very deep, but you could go down a little ways. And then there was, uh, it got really shallow, shallow and there was like a little rock dam sort of thing sitting there. And uh, uh, I don't know if people put that there or, or what. Yeah, but you couldn't go any farther. So yeah, so I did a little bit of exploration. And um, yeah, it was a really nice, easy, relaxed, warm up day. Because it, yeah, it was nice and warm. I mean, the jackets came off, the rain gear came off. The, I think the sweater even came the off. The sweater came point. off. Yeah, there was just shirt and. And, and uh, your base layer, that sort of thing, right? So that was that was cool. Uh, so that was the end of the day. And then day six, we figured, okay, we're going to pack up and do a nice easy paddle up to Baby Island. This is when the whole trip turned man camping. This is this is when, if, if you're ever going paddling with Sean, eat breakfast. No matter what, if he tells you it's going to be a very easy two-hour paddle, just eat breakfast <laughs> there was water at least there, there was water so baby island is where the abitibi river meets the moose so i figured you know what let's camp there in that area and we can check out the abitibi that sort of stuff do some fishing because there's supposed to be some good fish come through there and whatnot so we went up there we checked out the abitibi my paddle had got use i forgot about that my custom paddle from hunter and harris ah yes it took its baptism in the moose river jealous beautiful. of this paddle jealous of the paddle absolutely beautiful paddle to use nice lightweight doesn't even make a sound when it enters the water and turns my canoe on a dime uh really enjoyed paddling it um couple scuffs on it from surprising rocks that were were there rockopotamus yeah rockopotamus and also got a little bit of a dip in the uh, the Abitibi as well, the mouth yep. of the Abitibi there. So we decided we're going to check that out and check out the rapids and all that sort of stuff. And there's supposed to be a couple of sites around there and didn't see anything. Nothing. Again, there's probably some place we could have camped had it been summer. 
Um, and you weren't worried about nice freezing rains and and the winds and, and winds yeah. And if, stuff. It, if it yeah. was summer, then yeah, there'd be a lot more options. Yeah, but nothing with any any significant shelter or anything. No, no, and that's the one thing we were finding on on the trip uh, was when you got to the shore. There's always these like five foot high cliffs to go up into the woods, and the woods were so thick. Like you, you would need a chainsaw to be cutting some of this stuff down in order to make a to make tent. a make a place to put a, put your tent. Yeah, because there just was no room. You'd never be able to hang a tarp in there. No, and the, and and the whole river. Yeah, being the 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 same way. All the whole length was like that. So we we're supposed to stay in that area around the Abitibi Baby Island for a couple of days and. We just couldn't find a site. So it's like, okay, well, let's just paddle a little farther. We'll paddle a little farther. We were not finding anything. And at this point, the sand beaches totally disappeared. And it became gravel and rock and boulders and uneven ground. Uh, and then these cliffs going up. And you're, we're just like, how can... And a lot more, like, even past the, the rocks, it got really marshy, like that marshy, muskeg. Yeah, muskeg stuff, yeah. It's like, how can there not be any anything and uh so that threw us for a bit of a loop so we kept paddling kept paddling kept paddling and then we're like man we're, we're gonna be in Moosonee pretty soon <laughs> but we came to quite bohegan rapids and we said oh well just cruise up to the top of the rapids to shore and check it out first mistake yeah there is take the take the left side he says well, that's what everybody says. You got to head, keep to the left, keep to the left in high water. I'm thinking, uh, there was like, Oh, I don't, I, got, I don't, I don't think it got deeper than three inches. Yeah. Three inches worth of water. Yeah. Yeah. Like there was no way. I think if I would have taken all my gear out of my canoe and me, I still, Still think it would have You'd grounded out on oh, the rocks. Yeah. There was no, there was like the water was just taunting us. <laughs> yeah, by, by that time it it was just having fun. Yeah, uh, we both have a lot of new scratches, gouges, whatever you want to call them, uh, on the bottom of our canoes. My mine doesn't make so much of a difference because if anybody's ever seen my canoe, you can't tell the difference between new scratches and old scratches, and the whole yeah. thing is just scratch. Yeah. Well, and now mine. Yours is a, a much nicer, beautiful, swift canoe. Which now has a different colored bottom. Which now, <laughs> now has some racing stripes. Eh, what are you going to do? It's pinstriping. You know, yeah, it's pinstriping in all different directions. Different depths, different pay colors, a lot of money different for that. wits. Yeah. Well, yeah. Yes. Detailing. That's it. It's canoe detailing. Northern canoe detailing. Uh, you know what? I mean, it's going to happen one way or the other. I'm going to get scratches and get, whatever. It is what it is. It every got me where I needed to go. As long as it doesn't crack or come out a hole in it. Every oh. scratch is a story to tell, my friend. Oh, I got a novel happening here. <laughs> oh, we're talking war and peace. <laughs> <laughs> so um, we we got up onto shore and we were looking at a massive portage to get past these rapids. And the way it looked is we sort of eyeing everything. The far east side was pretty big rapids. The west side, which where we happened to be, 
was total rock garden. In the middle, looked like a nice class one rapid that we could poodly do down. So let's walk out. Yeah, walking, and, walking through ice cold water. Yes, nice ice cold water. Um, you had boots that I, I in the water yeah, in, I've, let I've, the water out. I I've, was wearing my Solomon boots, and they're 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 great except for the cold water. Mm-hmm. Um, I've never been a a person to shy away from getting wet and walking through rivers and all the rest of it. But uh, yeah, that was some brutally cold water. I had my rubber boots on at this point. And any of the water that came in stayed in. (laughs) So I was just, you know, chilling in some ice cold water inside my boots. But we managed to find a line um, that went out into the middle and shot us straight down. That was a cool ride. That was good. Right down through the middle of the... You have the rocks on the one side. You have the massive rapids on the other. You have a nice one right down the middle, which you just stayed in. And woohoo! Yep. Down we went. Uh, and the minute we got down to the bottom, there was this beauty campsite. <laughs> an, another beautiful beach site. Spectacular spot. And it's a good thing because it was what, just almost sundown. Yeah, it was just... Oh, yeah, we got there just in time. Um, that's the one thing you, you don't know, right? So that was the first real day where it was like, ooh, we ran into unexpected things. And, <coughs> excuse me. And you have to go... With the flow, so to speak. Yep. Um, you can't panic. You can't go, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? What am I going to do? You know, you say, okay, well, let's just keep going. If it gets dark, then we've got to bite the dust and get somewhere, whether it's under a canoe, in a canoe, whatever. Uh, so we just went a little bit farther, and then we found a spot, and all was golden. Um, we got That's there. That's probably my favorite site out of, out of all of them. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, that was a really, I got a, I got a couple of nice sunshot, uh, sunset uh, pictures there, too. Uh, just grab the camera quickly and ba-bam. Um, so, yeah, so that was the first sand that we had seen all day since Big Asp. That was an eight-hour paddle day. Like I said, eat breakfast, people. It was supposed to be three hours, and it was eight. Um, like I said, we weren't going for any sort of speed record. On this, it was supposed to be a nice, relaxing day. So this now put us what two days ahead. Yeah, it's like so. It's kind of, kind of disappointing that way. But it was like you know what? Hey, at least we got a site, and you know, uh, we're good. Um, what else? Uh, yeah, it was a good weather day that day too. Sun was till late afternoon. Then some clouds came in. It was and, yeah, yeah, and then uh, cooled down in the evening. The, wa- the one thing I had noticed, the water had gone from a muddy, light muddy brown to a really dark, um, dark tannin, dark iron, iron brown, blackish. Yeah, there was a lot more iron in the water. And yeah. I think it was, well, it was getting shallower as mm-hmm. as we went. So a lot of the sediment is also coming up. So it kind of yeah, it changed the water quite a bit. Yeah. Is, and that's the one thing. It didn't change the taste. No. It just, just changed. And that's the other thing we didn't really know because, I mean, you can only Google so much on the internet, but it's like, where does the salt water start? And when, you know, 
um, like how far down does it come in with the tides, right? So you don't know. So as we're going up, every so often I put my hand over and take taste a lick water. of taste, taste the water, and uh, never found any salt water. But when the tides come in, when you're up in Moosonee, all the salt water comes in. But we were there at that point, so I didn't know how far down it went. So day seven, we woke up, cold wind, mostly cloudy. I had climbed, just I'm just going to go for a little stroll, climbed a big hill just to get a look around to see what was, because we were in this little sheltered bay yeah. at the end of the day. It's a little cove. And uh, a cove, yeah. And so I climbed up the big hill and I, ah, what the heck, turned my phone on. Got a cell service signal. Yeah, one bar of one service. One bar. <laughs> I'm yelling that across this cove. I got one bar. <laughs> You're kidding. No. So it's actually turned out to be a good thing because that's... Now, we knew there was rain coming the next day. We did not know there was also 90 kilometer an hour winds coming. Yep. And that... Now... And... And it moved up a day. And it moved up a day. So when you look back at it now, as disappointed as we were that we weren't out way back at the Abitibi, if we did not get to that cove, we would have been right out in the open when that big rain and windstorm hit. So... Through a series of fortunate events. Series of fortunate events that got us to that hill that morning to find out what was headed our way. Yeah. So it's okay. Well, you know what? We'll pack up. Uh, there's rain forecast. There's 90 kilometer hour windstorm coming. Let's head up to Bishop Clark Islands and we'll find, which wasn't that far away. Supposed to be, I think no, it was like another hour. It's supposed hour. to be another it's, two it's, hour paddle. Yeah, another little, little paddle. But it'll put us still two, two days ahead. Let's, we'll just hit there. We'll find a good sheltered spot. And we can hold up for the next couple of days, miss the storm and all that, another wind and all that sort of stuff. The, the Bishop Clark Islands is not just one island. It's a kind it's of a, a series. Yeah. So yeah. there's got to be a lot more shelter in there too. Got to be. what we were thinking. Yeah. Yeah. You would think. <laughs> You'd think wrong. You'd be severely wrong. Very wrong. We got there and we're like. And that's where, that's where the, the, the North French comes in. That, well, and now, that, yeah, that's that's why in the dossier, we said, let's see if we can check that out for a couple of days, because that way we can go check out the North French River. That's where it comes in. Now, David Lee had done the North French River uh, earlier in the spring, because that's when the train went off, right? Uh, when it derailed, that's yeah. That's when it derailed. So I think, okay, well, well, we'll go check that out. That's pretty cool. Uh, but there was no spots, and we knew that rain was coming. So we figure, okay, well, let's head up to Bushy Island, which is just a little farther up. We'll camp on Bushy Island. Bushy Island, there's got to be trees on Bushy Island. No, there's bushes. There are bushes they, on Bushy Island. They, they aptly name everything. We went to Water Lily Cove. Yeah, there was it Water was Lilies. nothing but Water Lilies and mm -hmm. Swamp. Uh, and Bushy Island, yeah, they, they got that one bang on. Not a single tree, just yeah. bushes. So we sort of had to sit back and look, and the two of us were like, <sighs> "He's," and I'm sitting there thinking maybe he'll make the discussion, the, the comment, but it ended up being me. I think we need to head to Tidewater. Uh, Tidewater Provincial Park is right across from Moosonee. Yeah. So this would put us now three days ahead by getting to Tidewater. 
we weren't happy about it, but knowing what was coming, better be safe than sorry, especially in October. Yeah. Just south of what? 20 kilometers south of James Bay, even, the Hudson's Bay. Even if it was just the rain coming, I could deal with that. Yeah. But it was those winds that were, and then the freezing and all that sort of stuff. So we got to Tidewater. We set up our camp. The one thing I will say about the people up there, very friendly. Um, and they like to chit chat yep. about stuff and watch out for people. Yes. Because we were sitting up camp. We had our canoes down at the bottom, uh, down this little hill still. And a guy pulls up in his boat and says, uh, you guys know there's this big storm coming. He said, yeah, that's why we we made it here. We were supposed to be farther down at Bishop Clark today, but we made the beeline here because these windstorms. Says, okay, that's cool. Just so you know, you might want to move your canoes because the tides will come up to where your canoes are. Good to know. Said, have a nice day. Hope you hope all's well. You weathered the storm and off you went. So we got our canoes up, and sure enough, yeah, the the, the water tides came up exactly where he said exactly it was going to be. Where he said they would. So, which is really cool. Now, tide water. Now, this is where the dossier comes in. Okay, so this is this is like one of the things that I will thank the dossier you and your dossier for. <laughs> what 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 was his name? Chris Coldwell. Caldwell. Chris Caldwell is a superintendent of uh, some of the northern parks in Ontario. Chris, if you are listening, I I'm, I love you. I absolutely <laughs> love you. Thank you so much. I, I'll, I'll, I'll let you tell the story because uh, th- this was all you. This had nothing to do with man camping. This was not a man camping event. I, I, I probably would have just done it and got in trouble for it, but you did it properly. Well, so I, I had read that um, Tidewater Provincial Park was run by, uh, in conjunction with Ontario Parks, the Moose uh, River Cree. So, and again, Moose Knee and Moose Factor, all that, it's all reservation land up there. So you don't want to step on toes. You don't want to say, oh, you know, sorry, I I didn't know and play stupid and stuff like that. So I, I looked at the dates and it said the park was closing. Or it was closed when we were going to be up there. So I made a phone call and I said, listen, here's the deal. We're making a late season trip up. Um, we just want to know if we can stay there. We don't need anything. We'll have our gear. We'll have, you know, we don't need facilities or anything like that. Nothing big, right? And he says, well, I've actually got my guys going in the next couple of days and they're taking everything out. He says, but let me make a phone call to the powers that be and see what they say. Awesome. So he contacted them on our behalf and said, we've got a couple guys coming up. Here's what they're, they're looking to do. Would you mind if they stayed? A couple days later, he called me back and said, they have absolutely no problems with you staying there. So there won't be anything up there. We're taking it all out. But um, it was like, I thanked him very much. And it was like, awesome. Really awesome that we got to... But, again, it was one of those things you didn't want to just show up and, and then... No, no, no. If you could avoid it, absolutely. Yeah. I, I'm glad I made that phone call. Now, when we got to Tidewater, when he says they're taking everything out... They, oh, look, there's Thunderboxes over here. Oh, the Thunderboxes are gone. Oh, look, at the, where's the big Tidewater sign? It's gone. <laughs> they took everything. All the not, picnic tables. Not quite everything. Not quite everything. Not quite everything. 
they left us one picnic table. Yep. Which was fantastic because we actually had somewhere to sit, somewhere to actually eat. And one outhouse with one roll of TP. That was awesome. That, oh, I'm never going to forget that. That's that's part of why I love you, Chris. <laughs> part of why I love you. <laughs> so, yeah, we got there, uh, set up our camp, set up, got everything all together, got our tarp up, all hunkered down for the storm. There was nothing happening. We're waiting. We're waiting. It rained. Yep. We sat under the tarp. I made my Hungarian goulash that night way more than it should have been. Um, that was probably enough for four people. Oh. You demoed it though. You did it. You did it. We weren't eating much, so the fact that you actually ate that night was—I ate all of that myself. I felt like such a pig, <laughs> and it's just like, oh, but it was—it was so good. Um, dehydrated, rehydrated it all, put in the egg noodles, and just heated up until everything was rehydrated, and the noodles were nice and soft and. Just sat down in front of that with a spoon and went to town. Yes, you did. <laughs> with a 750 milliliters of orange tang. Oh, oh, the tang. Tang was good, buddy. It was. Tang was good. A so, camping trip is the only time that I, <coughs> I can say that I actually enjoyed drinking tang. You know what? Everybody brings scotch and rum and everything else on their trips. I decided since I was bringing tang, I'd bring a bottle of vodka along so we had vodka and orange juice we had we had backcountry screwdrivers <laughs> backcountry screwdrivers why not something a bit I, different i was trying which you ne- which i'm upset that you never did you never put the tang directly into the vodka instead of mixing it with water yeah i was saving that for at home yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, try and give it a try and let me know what you think yeah i'll let you know uh so yeah so we sat up under the tarp and out of the rain and uh, um, figured, yeah, you know what, we're going to, maybe the maybe the winds won't come, maybe they're just going to miss because we figured they would have started. So we went to bed. It was about midnight by the time we went to bed. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. And, it was, that was a nice late night. Um, went to bed and then around 4 a.m. That's when it all unleashed. Yep. All's I know... <laughs> <laughs> All I know is that I heard that tarp, nice Kelty, Noah's Kelty tarp, 16 feet by 16 feet, held down on one end with a 50 pound pack, nice windbreak. If that windbreak is there, number one, why is it so noisy? Number two, why is my tent feel like it's about to take off? And, and why is the canoe pack? And why is the canoe pack outside my tent when it should have been 30 <laughs> feet away? That was 4 a.m. Good thing I had to pee. <laughs> Rest in peace, Tarpy McTarpington. <laughs> oh, that tarp yeah, ripped right down one side. Massive rip in the other corner. Like, yeah, it's <clears throat> broke the ropes. It broke a couple of uh, plastic snaps that were... I will say that the, the the tarp was made well because there was still one corner that was still tied to the tree. <laughs> so the the rope was still through the eyelet, and it just it, it finally tore right off of. So the corner was still flapping and flying like flying a kite. Flying like a kite. 
uh, we did video of, and I said, Hey, look at the tarp and you're looking straight up into the tree. <laughs> Dude, what are you looking at? God's not up there, is he? Uh, yeah, that was, that was wicked. That storm. And then of course I'm out there at four in the morning, just after four in the morning and I'm scooping this tarp up. That's, and I mean, it's wrapped around trees and, and everything. Um, I, I don't believe I even bothered to get out and help you. No, I think that you, was all you. You, you did not. <laughs> I was I was like Lieutenant Dan, <laughs> screaming at the storm. Well, gump. I, <laughs> You're I gump. Was, I was nice and cozy in my sleeping bag, and I wasn't getting out. Yeah, um, I was out in the middle of that storm, and I just grabbed that thing and I just bundled it and threw it unceremoniously underneath my canoe. Now we had set our our tents way back. To, in the towards the bushes there and we also position them in such a way that the winds the direction they were supposed to come would hit the well I guess I'd say pointy side the, of mine, the narrow end the narrow ends uh, and sort of hopefully wrap around and it, I think that was that was really really well done um, we flipped our canoes over so that it hit the bottom of the canoes and would just bounce up that sort of stuff so uh, I mean we were pretty much prepared we just weren't prepared to have that tarp ripped to shreds yeah and we yeah it was it was pretty good both both tents held up pretty well for like a good 12 14 hours yeah yeah 90 kilometer an hour wind battering when you get up at 4 30 in the morning because you got to pee and that wind's coming straight at your back you can pee about 30 feet (laughs) (laughs) just saying setting records i was setting records yeah. <laughs> also be surprised how fast you can be. Yeah, but it wasn't it wasn't as cold as I thought it would be. That wind was ripping, but the rain had stopped and it really wasn't like freezing cold. It was just wind. Yeah. So I got I I would think it was probably around 5 or 6 degrees. It wasn't like below zero when that wind was coming through. That would have been brutal. Well, it felt like it the next day with that Oh, the north, next day, yeah, yeah. That north wind? When that changed around, yeah. So anyway, so yeah, we went uh, back to sleep, sort of, off and on. Ish. Ish. And then at some point got up out of bed and it was day eight and the winds were still going. Yeah. They had died down some, um, but they were more gusty at that point and we figured it was going to be a hunker down day. And we figure, okay, well, you know what? Um, we're just going to stay in the tent. I'm going to read. I'm going to eat. going to snooze off and on. Had to break uh, the rules eating in the tent. Eating in the tent. The, the, straight, the, the winds were just strong all day and, yeah. and everything up and down, up and down. The temperatures went really cold all of a sudden. Uh, you had ice outside your tent. We had a couple of ice. Ice or hail. Ice, hail storms, a couple of those. One while I was out there. Hey, yeah, it's pretty nice out here. <laughs> Okay, it's rotten out here. There's ice. I'm being pelted. See, that's, that's why you just make a little man cave inside the tents. Yep. Sun came out a few times. Now, for the positive points of the day, when you have a barrel and you put your wet gear on top of it, that wind dries it mighty fine. That's right. The that's giant hair dryer. The giant hair dryer of nature. It was drying stuff. Left, right, and center, man. It was great. Um, in the evening, the winds died a bit. Uh, now if you look at the, 
whether they say they were going from 90 kilometers an hour to 32 and then they were supposed to be 16 kilometers an hour the next day. Yeah. So yeah, that evening we got out and, uh, had some dinner and, uh, or snacks, whatever you want to call it. And, Cause after that point, you're just not, no, you've been snacking all day. You're not making a big meal. You're snacking all day and you're, you're half awake cause you've been in and out of sleep all day. Yeah. Uh, so we did a fire. And then, uh, again, the stars were out and clouds, you can see mixed clouds, but, uh, yeah, called it a night and decided we would f make our final plans the next day on what we were going to do because we checked, uh, being across from Moosonee at this point, you had internet, right? Uh, we checked the forecast and the, n not the next day, the following day, it was supposed to be big rainstorms and then the temperatures were supposed to take a big drop dip. So the Saturday, the Sunday, and the Monday. Saturday it was supposed to rain, big rains all day. And then Saturday, Sunday and Monday. It's like minus four, minus five yeah, or something like that. we're supposed to take a big blow dip. So we would have been one whole day in our tents while it poured rain. And then two days below five with all this, everything wet. Yeah. And it's like... So we slept on it, and the next morning we made a made a quick call to the train station and said, you know what, um, we can come out the Friday instead of the Monday. We, we, we've lost three days, which is sucky, but, you know, better be safe than sorry. And why am I going to sit in my tent all day and, yeah, you know. Well, as, as I said on the trip, you know what, I, I, I probably wouldn't have made that, that same call if I hadn't finished the river. If I was still on the river, I'd just, you know what, throw a rain jacket on and get to paddling and so on and so forth. But to be to right miss there. a couple of ex exploration days, yeah. right, to me is not that big of a deal. Yeah. So we decided we'd make the phone call. They said, yep, you can change your tickets. We changed our tickets. And then we packed everything up and we headed to Moose. Well, we were going to head to Moose Knee, take the, fa the, the ferry across to Moose Factory. Yeah. But Moose Factory was like right there. So we just paddled to Moose Factory. We hauled our canoes up on the dock of the uh, Cree Village Eco Lodge. Yep. Um, so we could park them there for a bit. Uh, then we made the walk down to the old Hudson's Bay uh, the, the staff, staff house. house and saw some of that. And uh, that was pretty cool. We met a fella, Kane. Yep. As he was coming for lunch because he actually lives upstairs in the, the guest house or the staff house. And he said, are you guys, did you arrange to be here with anybody? And we said, no, we didn't know when we were going to be here. So he said, well, I'm, I'm going in for lunch. So if you want to come take a look around, do so. Awesome. Thank you, Kane. And we checked out the stuff inside there and that was pretty cool. Everything is about, back in the day, was about beaver pelts. Yeah. Everything was based on the beaver pelt. So many otters equals a beaver pelt. So many Th beaver pelts equals three, a moose. Three moose was, or sorry, one moose was three beaver three pelts. Three beaver pelts. Was it two marten was one beaver pelt or two otters? Something like that. But yeah, everything was based on that. And then there was another chart that said one beaver pelt would you get you this many pounds of beads and this many guns and this much powder and this much this and this much that. And... 20 was 20 beavers for uh, for one one bottle of brandy something like that yeah it was it was i got brandy the was out. expensive yeah uh we did happen to notice though picture of henry hudson 
beard goals. Yep. Dude's got a beard on him. That that yep. was that was a dandy beard. We, we should have gotten a picture. There's like my beard, then progressively your beard, and, and then, then Henry, standing beside yeah, that guy, Henry Hudson. That yeah. guy had a beard. Yeah. All all props to him, man. He didn't have to wear pants. No, he did not. <laughs> that was a beard. That was a beard and a half. Uh, so we we checked out all of that. We did a little walk around Moose Factory. Then we were gonna we were gonna catch the. Well, we were gonna go to the the uh, cemetery, but Kane said, "Just so you know, somebody important had passed, and then there was a funeral there today. So if you see a lot of people there, said, so, well, if you see people, then we're not going. Right. I mean, now it's just out of respect. Uh, there was no people there." Um, we had been told that the, the eco lodge, that the trains or that the ferry comes every half hour it or sorry, every, every hour, hour on the half hour. Right. Yeah. Sorry, that's it. Uh, so, okay. So if we get back by one we'll take the ferry across to Moosonee. We'll do a little dipsy doodle through there, get all gear up and to the train and we'll be good. Um, we get back to where the ferry is and the ferry's not come. We had a couple of chats with a couple people. Well, one fella gave you a gift uh you know what i i'm I'm sorry i'm not sure if i didn't get it or if i've just forgotten it but i forgot the 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 fella's name i don't think he gave us his name but he was wearing an i love bacon toque yes so it couldn't get any more fitting that that we met this guy but uh yeah we had a good chat with him Mm -hmm. and uh he was talking about, uh, was asking us if we had seen any moose moose or any wildlife because he was just out checking all his areas and uh, eventually it was a uh, chaga. Yep. Give me a, 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 a big chunk of a, a big chunk of chaga. Mm-hmm. Right, which was super cool. Uh, get something like that as a as a gift from somebody up there. Uh, when definitely could have used it himself, but obviously. Yep. He says he cuts it whenever he sees it. He he takes some and brings it home. He uses it in his tea. He uses it just to chew on. Like. I'm, yeah. I'm going to to try my my first chaga tea. In the next couple of days. Jim Baird just did a thing a little while ago before we left on our trip. He was talking about it. Yeah. Yeah. So if you have any questions, talk to Jim Baird. I will give him and a call. He'll, he'll uh, tell you what to do with it. He'll tell you what to do with it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he'll tell me where to go. <laughs> he'll tell you where to go. So we went down where we were waiting for the ferry and uh ferry didn't show up. So we decided we'd give him a call. And there was a gentleman on the other end of the line saying there's... Uh, it's been postponed. Next run is at 4.30. We catch our train at 5. Not going to happen. Kind of poses, and it's a half an hour crossing. Yeah. So kind of poses a problem. So bit annoyed at that. Uh, we jumped into our canoes and we paddled. And we made it across. There's Now there's a little river. You got, you got a couple of choices. You can go to the town docks and portage all your gear up, which is not happening. You can find somebody with a vehicle and say, hey, I'll give you 20 bucks if you help us take our canoes and gear up. Or just south of, I keep wanting to say north. Yeah, I know. South of the town docks is a river. You can paddle up that river and that gets you to a bridge where you can then portage up the hill and you can see the train station right there. And it's what, two, three hundred meters to the train station? Maybe. Yeah. yeah. And yes, yeah, so we just took all our gear and portaged it. Right there. Once, once you walk through the freezing cold water again. Oh yeah, yeah. There was one last huzzah with the with the rubber boot filled <laughs> with water. <laughs> uh, so we got all the gear to the train, and we put all our gear on the train. Switched out of our 
wet socks and shoes into warm stuff. And we did a little walk down the main street there. To go check out the... Sky Ranch Restaurant. Yes. Not the Skywalker Ranch. So dur- during our, our day of hunkering down, I took to Google and... Uh, I don't know. I, I, I guess I, w- I was thinking there would be a little bit more there. And I've got a tradition of when I come out of the woods, I go for beer and chicken wings. Right. So I was Googling where to get beer and chicken wings in Moosney. There's one restaurant in Moosney. Yeah. And it's the, the Sky, Sky Ranch. Is it Sky Ranch? Sky Ranch, yep. I thought it was Sky View. Sky, Skywalker Ranch is what so we were I kept saying it. it was Skywalker Ranch. So we went in there. Um, the the reviews on TripAdvisor was were, were phenomenal about this place. One thousand four hundred and eleven uh, check-ins. Yep, and it's, so. it's <laughs> hey, everyone recommended it, so we off we went. And there's no sign outside. It's just a brown brick building with uh, a door on it that you'd never even know it was a restaurant. Mm-hmm. But we managed to find it. Walked in. It's all home cooked food. Yep. And obviously a popular place because we walked in at about four o'clock, um, and tried to put a an order to go. Right. And they were already queued up and lined up and had no more room for orders and would not have been able to get our order to us because everybody orders for the train. Right. And we said, yeah, we're catching the train at five. It's oh, we've already got what she's saying like nine orders ahead. Yeah. Um, and then she's bringing out an order to the the people that were out there. And they had this nice looking burger, cheeseburger, and poutine. I'm thinking, I'm getting cheeseburger poutine. And you're like, do they have that here? I hope so, because it just walked by me. (laughs) 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 You know, it just walked right by me on a tray. tray, So So that was not happening. Nope. But? If you can't have your chicken wings and beer, you can at least have... The beers. Uh, beer. So they, they, they did have a couple of beers there. And so we quickly grabbed two of those. And sat down so that we had them in. Well, obviously, we're not going to take them out of the restaurant, but yeah. it'd be cool if we could. Well, and the thing was, she had to take them to our table. Yes. She couldn't hand them over the counter. Right. She had to deliver them to a table. Yeah. So we had the fastest beer in history. Mm-hmm. Cold. Uh, ice cold. Ice cold, man. Ice cold, but well worth it. Yeah. First beer in, what, nine days? Something like that. So... It, uh, it was something fizzy. It wasn't bourbon. It wasn't scotch. It wasn't... Screwdriver. Screwdriver. It wasn't, it wasn't ice cold water. Rum, right? Yeah. It was, so uh, that was really cool. Got to have a beer in Moose Knee, so I can say that we did. Yep. And then we... Went to the Northern Store after that. Oh, no, we went... We took a walk down... Went down... What, what do you call it? Main, Main Street? Street, I guess. <laughs> and took a walk down Main Street to go and uh, check out Moose Knee. And uh, interesting little town, but that's where I really started to be okay with not having an exploration day. Because <laughs> we walked for five, four or five minutes, maybe. There, there's the, the Skywalker restaurant, Sky View. Sky, Sky Ranch. Sky Ranch. There's the Northern Store and LCBO, the OPP station, and the post office. Oh, and there was the building supply. Oh, the building supply yeah. store. Then there's the docks. Yeah. Yeah. That was that was the end. 
So <laughs> a full day of exploring that would have, <laughs> might have been a little bit too much. So we checked out the Northern store. Let's go buy some snacks for the train. Sure. All right. Good. So we get in there. $6 for a bag of chips. Well, uh, oh, donuts. What was it? We, we bought four bags of chips. Three. Three bags. I only bought one bag. Yeah. Three bags of chips. The don't the the donuts the tray mini donuts yeah um two I bought two pops so four four pops. pops my giant Kit Kat bar your sour patch yep feet Bigfoot Bigfoot candies whatever yeah. they were and yeah. what was what was the total forty five dollars absolutely insane yeah there's like eight dollars for a carton of milk up there yeah. Which I get, like everything needs to come in by the train or mm-hmm. uh, or maybe by plane, right? But there's there's no roads to get up to get up there or anything. So I imagined everything was going to be more expensive, but that's to be local up there and paying that that kind of yeah money. I know it's expensive in northern Ontario, or in, you know, the more north you get in the entire country. But wow. Well, and even after you're finishing that giant bag of chips, you feel like I'm getting every last, and you're licking the bag because I'm getting every last. I'm, I'm eating. Crumb. The, I'm eating the bag I'm itself. Eating the, yeah, that, that aluminum bag. I'm eating it. <laughs> I don't care. It's got to be calories in here somewhere. <laughs> uh, yeah, that was that was a bit uh, expensive there, but expected, right? Yeah. And uh, then we're walking. Okay, we'll go catch the train, and we turn around. The reason we went in. Was because there was a Pizza Hut and Kentucky Fried Chicken sign. Oh, we were going to get a pizza. Yeah. So you went back in to get a couple of slices of pizza. And I was heading back to the train because I'd left my camera gear in the canoes. Uh, so I was going to get my camera gear and then jump on to get our seats. Yep. So I went back to go get Pizza Hut. And unfortunately, uh, again, there was a lineup so they didn't have time to make a full pizza. Uh, for us to take on the train, but we did get two personal, personal pan pizzas. Personal pan pizzas from Pizza Hut. Mm-hmm. In Moosonee. In Moosonee. And they were so good. And and it wasn't from the one on. Uh, so they had the the KFC Express and the Pizza Hut Express, okay. which were together, uh, and inside the Northern store on Moose Factory they had the same thing, but with a quick lube. No, a quick stop. Oh, it was you a quick, quick stop. You kept saying quick loop, and it was a quick stop. I thought it was a quick loop. Yeah. I'm like, you get your oil change and a pizza. Well, there was a some... gas bar there. Ah, uh, okay. So Maybe that's what I thought. You can get gas for your car, gas for yourself. <laughs> you can fuel up everything. <laughs> there you go. Uh, so, yeah. So, then we got on the train and uh, ate our pizza, ate our snacks. We we're going to do a little bit of interviewing along the way, but we got on train with where all the babies were. Yes. Five hours of babies. Unhappy babies. Oh, joy. Yeah, see, you, you have a little bit more patience with that. You have kids. I've got two dogs. That's all. Oh, just because I have so, kids doesn't mean I have patience with that. I have patience with mine. Well, fair enough. <laughs> fair enough. So, you know what? I mean. It wasn't that bad. It wasn't that bad. I mean, there, there's nowhere they could go. You know, except maybe another car. But <laughs> Put him in the luggage rack. That roof was empty. <laughs> that's why That's why they have the... We can put him in the canoes. 
would have been like a kid's ride. Stick their head out the window. That cold air. <laughs> They'll suck their breath in, stop screaming solid. right away. No, you know, it wasn't that bad. It was uh, just, we just happened to be on that one where there was, well, the one guy, uh, when we were getting off the train in Cochrane, the the little girl just was fit to be tied. And uh, the, the guy that was behind me was saying his upset stomach. He says, yeah, I think so. And maybe missing mom for the first time. So single young dad taking daughter yeah. to Cochrane alone. And trying to figure out. And trying to figure out what's what. And I just turned, we were getting off the train. I turned to the older guy and said, been there, done that. And he goes, oh, yeah. <laughs> he, he, he was trying to dad as hard as he could dad. Yeah. And there's just some days, man, it's, it's not happening. Yeah. So all said and done, I had a great trip. So did I. I had a lot of fun. Um, you had to, like I say, with that end of season, you got to know it's either going to go really well or weather's going to turn on a dime. And I mean, that's what everybody said. Why are you going this time? Because weather's bad. Well, the weather was bad at times. Weather was fantastic at times. The whole thing, but, the, the whole thing was tolerable, though. It's yeah. not like we f- weren't freezing to death or anything no, like that. not at all. Uh, I'm glad we... The, the one thing I am glad is that I did check my phone that day and saw that that storm was coming in, because if I hadn't... Yeah. We may have not been happy. No, that would not have been a good night. No. We probably would have survived it, but... Oh, we would have survived it and probably packed everything up the next day and said, okay, we're hitting tide water. Yeah. Uh, and we would have been up there a lot wetter, and we would have had to fight the winds going up and everything, so... But, I mean, it still would have... It still would have been a survived. good trip. Survived. Oh, still yeah. would have been a good trip. You definitely have to be flexible with your plans up there at time of the year. Weather can be all over the board. And yeah, we could have done that trip in a couple of days, but the whole purpose was not to. Yeah. You know, you, you could you could get off at Moose River Crossing and be in Moose Knee two and a half days. Easy. Easy two and a half Especially days. if you're in one canoe. Oh, if you're in one canoe, two yeah. Two people be there to, in the to one canoe, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Two and a half days, you could easy. You could probably push and do that in a day if you needed to. If you need to, yeah. Oh, yeah. If you wanted to, if you were like first light, and then just as it was getting dark, I think you'd be pulling into Moose Knee. Well, the whole thing is about, what did we say, what, 75, 85 kilometers? Yeah, it's supposed to be uh, somewhere, somewhere between 75 and 100. If we paddled eight hours of one day, three hours another day, um, and then was it three hours? Yeah. Yeah, you can. One you, long day, if, you'd, be, you'd be there. If you needed to. Yeah. Yeah. But we didn't need to. No. We had fun just relaxing and sitting around. Oh, that was the whole point in the trip. If you're looking for more summery weather and places to camp, I think I would do it, would do it beginning of September. Might be a bit cooler, but you. I, th- I I think I would go like if I was was going to do it again, looking for a little bit better weather, I'd probably go just a little bit before that. It'd go so like end of August. End, end of August. Yeah. Right. So yeah. the the last week or two of August, I think, would be just perfect. Just perfect. And yeah, because it will still be some. The camping spots was the big thing. Yeah. Uh, I did not think it would be that big of a deal to find a camping spot, and I mean, like I say, once we hit that area right after Big Asp, and all the big rocks and everything started. 
It was like, wow, did not see that coming. Yeah. But we still had a blast. I, no regrets. I would do it all over again. So would I. And I got to go canoe polling. I actually got to. Yes, you did. I got to use my canoe pole. I brought that thing along and I got to use it for more than just a tarp uh, holder. And to look like a narwhal. And to look like a narwhal. Yeah. Uh, You know, I got to pull that thing out and stand up and paddle over some shallow spots. And uh, yeah, that was pretty cool. I was kind of jealous that I, A, don't know how to do that, and B, didn't have a canoe pole. I was going to stop and whittle one, but I figured you'd be probably 10 miles down by the time I finished. By the time you finished whittling. <laughs> you get into the forest to get one. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Well, that was that was our trip. And nobody, we, nobody capsized? Nobody capsized. And we did not see anybody until Tidewater. From the really, minute, even even the the wildlife, even talking to the hunters that that were coming out of uh, on the train with us, everyone was coming out empty-handed. Yeah. No one had seen anything. The one thing I will say is the was it the first night on Big Asp. It was so quiet. There was no animals. There was no wind. You couldn't hear the water. It was like you had gone deaf. The only thing I could hear was my own pulse in my ears. There was, like, I was moving just to make sure I hadn't gone down. <laughs> Wait, I can hear there, something, there, right? There was no sound at all. And it was, as they say, deafening. There there was nothing. There was no birds. And, I mean, that's the thing is, is we didn't see wildlife. We saw some birds. Well, Frank. 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 Frank was there. He was there. We saw some, like... Uh, Little nut hatches and stuff like that, or chickadees. We saw ravens, yep. uh, Canada geese, uh, one bald eagle, a bald eagle, one bald eagle. Uh, and we're not talking about me. Uh, we. <laughs> <laughs> he was coming over to check you out to see if, you, if you're a mate match. Hey, but oh no, you're a dude. Um, and then uh, a couple of gray jays at tide water. Yep. Other than that, nothing. Nothing. No wildlife at all. It's like, eh, it's October, we're outy. Yep. You know? And, uh, but yeah. No, you know what? Definitely go again and uh, had a blast. Would definitely do it again. I, th- I think we need to make plans to go back up there and do it in, let's say, August. In August. But yeah, do, last couple weeks of August. Do, since we've already seen this section of the river, go a little bit further south. So you'd have to start at the beginning and do all the rapids up because there is no real way to get farther south. I'm okay with that. Alrighty. If we can manage rapids solo at sunset and through freezing cold water and all the rest of it, I think we can manage. We can manage a couple others. We're hard to kill, buddy. There you go, buddy. And the other thing, the last thing I'm going to say here is we've never tripped together before. Nope. Um, you don't know my methods of tripping. I don't know your methods of tripping. So uh, both our behalfs, it was a bit of a risk, especially going that far. Yeah. Um, we didn't just go for a weekend trip. No, no, we'll no. just head two days we'll north. Just, yeah, we'll just go do, we'll drive way up north, then hop a train, <laughs> a steamboat, and <laughs> dog sled. Hot air balloon. Hot air balloon, yeah. Um, and that's just where to get our tickets. So to be able to go all the way up there, and I think uh, between how I plan stuff and how you plan stuff, I really think it worked. 
Oh, I, th- I think it was a great mix. I think we had all a blast. the stuff that needed to be planned was planned, and not that that you don't have expertise in it, but all the stuff that couldn't be planned or that was thrown our way. Yeah, we dealt with. It. Yeah, it was awesome. And that's my big thing: is you don't need to panic. Just pfft, whatever. Just roll with it. Yeah. Otherwise, I would have planned for like more fish to bite. <laughs> I, I'm working on it. Next trip. Okay, get ready, dude. Because in five. Four, three, two, one, strike. Bang. <laughs> if that happens, I'm just leaving. I just I'm just I'm just hopping in the canoe I'm, and I'm, no, going. I'm grabbing the spot and yeah. hitting the help button. Um, Send the helicopters. Yeah. I'm out. Yeah, yeah. He's a wizard. <laughs> I'm out here. He plans too much. So so uh thanks for coming along on this, man. Uh, it was a blast. Thanks for having me, man. Uh, like I said, uh anytime you want to do another adventure, let's do it. We're on. We're on. Uh, in the meantime, you're going to the Winter Camping Symposium? Yes. That's yes, in November. Yep. So you'll be there, and I will be there. I'll be handing out stickers. Paddling Adventures Radio stickers. Well, I'm going to go get stickers, and more, and bigger. <laughs> bigger, faster, stronger. Uh, so if anybody's listening to this and is going to the Winter Camping Symposium uh, and want to find out or have any questions about the actual route we did or what we, you know, any comments on this? Hunt the Scott myself down, and uh, uh, we'll be there to answer. Hopefully, are you, are you going to have a table there? Or? No, we're not doing a table there because we're more summery, paddly. Yeah, then you can come by right? my table, and so yeah, I'll come see you and and whatnot. I'll be at the man camping booth. There you go. And uh, so yeah, Sean and Scott at the man camping booth. You can buy stuff from him, and I'll just stand there looking pretty like I always do. And and just when you're autographing people stickers. Please say dossier. 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 Yeah, I'm Sean Dossier Rolly. <laughs> Welcome to Paddling Adventures Radio. Perfect. Oh, there you go. Well, thanks for coming. Thanks for coming on the show and uh, talking about the, the trip. And uh, we'll have you on again. Absolutely. Thanks, man. Thanks. Hey, this is Sean Rolly, and you're listening to Paddling Adventures Radio. To find out more about us, check out our website, paddlingadventuresradio.com. You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Current and past episodes of our podcast can be downloaded or streamed from iTunes, Google Play, and the episode page of our website. If you have any questions, comments, or ideas for the show, we would love to hear from you. So drop us a line on Facebook or our website. Thank you for listening. Enjoy the show. This portion of the show is brought to you by Algonquin Outfitters. Algonquin Outfitters providing quality Algonquin Park backcountry adventures for the entire family since 1961. Whether you want to get on the water for a day or a week, the friendly staff at Algonquin Outfitters can help you out. Find them online at algonquinoutfitters.com or visit one of their 12 locations. Algonquin Outfitters, your outdoor adventure store, with locations in Algonquin Park, Muskoka, and Halliburton. Welcome back. So... That was it, man. That was our trip. Well, from what I'm going to listen to it when uh, when it's publishes on Thursday, but uh, from what you said, it sounds like it was a really awesome trip. You know, it really was. I definitely do it again. And uh, like I say, I think our our canoe tripping uh, methods complemented each other. Yeah. And really turned out for a really good trip. Uh, we were joking. We were having a good time. We were, you know, um, not at yeah any point thinking, okay, I'm I'm ready for this to be over. Or anything like that. Because you never know when you've never tripped with somebody before what it's going to turn out to be like. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know? So, yeah, yeah we, we had a blast. I think you'd like to, to trip with Scott as well. 
and uh, um, yeah, I think we'll be doing another trip. Maybe we'll, awesome. we'll include you in it. Yes, uh, yes, you know? absolutely. I'd, li- I'd like to. I kind of. I'm. I was a little bit disappointed that I didn't get to go on this trip. It uh, just. But with the, with the vacation I have, and I just came back from the Des Moines. Des Moines, and, yeah. So yeah. it just it just couldn't happen. Well, and we discussed that when I said I was going to be heading yeah. up and putting mm-hmm. out the invites to the regular people. And, yeah. You know, I'm doing my regular solo, but going different. And then you guys were all, well, no, we're all heading to do our whitewater, mm-hmm. put to use your whitewater training stuff. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So oh, that's yeah. cool, man. It, it worked out well for everybody yeah. this year, yeah. I think. So uh, we did say that uh, the second annual Ontario Winter Camping Symposium is coming up Saturday, November 24th. Yes, we have our tickets. Theatre of the Arts, University of Waterloo, doors open at 9. Go to ontariowintercamping.ca and get your tickets because uh, myself... Derek will be booting around there. Yep. And I will also be sitting with uh, Scott uh, Man Camping at his booth to uh, anybody has any questions or anything to come cool. up and right talk on. about our, our trip up there. They yep. can come and trip and hunt you down and ask about the Des Moines. Mm-hmm. You know, so we're all there if anybody has any questions about, yeah, it's a winter camping symposium, but hey. Yeah. You know. Yeah. If it's we're a- there hawking wares for, for the winter, Feel free to ask us stuff while we're there yeah. anyway. It's easier to ask in person, right? Mm-hmm. We're the outdoors kind. We're the outdoor kind, baby. Yeah, just like John Van Berger would say. His, his, we're the outdoor kind. Yes. That's right. <laughs> uh, in the meantime, if you want to find out more about us, you can find us at paddlingadventuresradio.com. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. You can listen to all our episodes on iTunes, Google Play, Player FM, and the Paddling Adventures Radio episode page. There's a little tab at the top of our website, and you can stream or download all our episodes there. I'd like to thank everybody for listening this week. It was a bit of a longer one, but uh, <laughs> hopefully it sparked some interest in heading north because it is a cheaper option than going all the way up to the Yukon. Yes. You're, <laughs> you know, I think it costs us less than 600 bucks each. That's not too bad. That's for all the gas to get up and back, mm-hmm. the food, uh, our train tickets, and the canoes on the train car, everything. Yeah. And as far as complexity goes, it sounds like I can just take my kids on a trip like this. You know what? It was it was rather easy trip. It's a nice mm-hmm. relaxing trip. Yeah. Way up north. Yeah. So I hope it uh, sparked some interest in that anyway. So I'd like to thank everybody for listening this week. I'm Sean Rowley. And I'm Derek Spest. We'll see you next time.